Got milk? This is from Matilda. It's Leon, the professional. Welcome to the Center Cut. I am Michael. And I am Dave the Professional. Yeah, and we are extremely excited to have our guest on today. It is model, voice actor, and all-around good dude, Nate Haskell. Hello. (laughs) Nate, this is audio. People can't see you do that wrist flick. I was just doing that to you. Oh, okay. (laughs) Our little thing, don't worry. Nate, thanks for being here. Now, apparently, in looking up your name, there's some TV serial killer with your name, which is unfortunate. (laughs) I don't know if you knew about that, but I didn't know about it. Yep, yep. You are the second person to tell me that. Ever? Yeah, in like 10 years. It did sound familiar. What serial killer are you talking about? CSI. Okay. Now, Nate, you said something that really resonated with me when we were getting this set up over Messenger, and I quote, talking and laughing with friends is one of life's greatest pleasures. Now, yes, it kind of sounds like a quote that would be on a weathered piece of driftwood that a 50-year-old white lady would buy for her wall, Mm -hmm. but it's true, man, and... I can only hope that our listeners feel that way. We are the friends in your ears every week, and we're happy to be here for you. Now, Nate, no pressure for you. You're just here today to wow people with your sultry voice as we talk about Leon the Professional. Okay, I'll try to turn up the the sexy, if you like. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I like it. I like it a lot. We watched the first 15 minutes and the last 15 minutes of Leon the Professional, and then Nate's going to quiz us on what happened in the middle. He definitely is. Now, Leon the Professional, originally titled just The Professional in the U.S., came out 1994, written and directed by Luc Besson. It stars Jean Reno, Gary Oldman, and it was tiny Natalie Portman's film debut. It has a 73% critic score, but a 95% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, and it is definitely known as a cult classic. And I'm excited to talk about it, guys. I am too. (laughs) I'm so excited. (laughs) All right. Well, let's get into it. First 15 minutes. We open with some title credits and some spacey type weird music is playing in the background over panning shots of New York City. We're driving through the streets now on top of a car like we're in the Naked Gun title sequence and the intro credits are still rolling. They went for a while, Mm -hmm. but ultimately we end up in a small restaurant called Supreme Macaroni Co. And it's ironic because Supreme Macaroni is probably what my hit name would be. Love it. I love. Do you want to expound on that? Because literally my next note is, and now everyone has to prepare themselves for some story about how Michael's 100% Italian and loves pasta. No, I just think Supreme Macaroni is a pretty dope hitman name. That's all. Wet noodle. (laughs) Wet noodle. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So the next scene is just a bunch of hyper close-ups of random shit. We see a glass of milk. We see a cigarette, a man's mouth, and then his eyeball. And then they talk in Italian for a second. These two gentlemen that, that we are seeing. Uh, We don't really see their faces all that much other than really close-up shots. But they get down to business, and the the older guy is giving this dude in sunglasses a job to do. Sounds like he has something he needs him to take care of. Apparently, some fat dude who looks like one of the goons from George in the Jungle has been moving in on Maurizio's business. This so that I mean 
this is already off the rails. <laughs> and he needs to be persuaded to stop, to, to get out of town and, and stop uh, horning in on Maurizio's area. Mm-hmm. Turf is a better word for it. So the man in the sunglasses drinks an entire glass of milk in not even a second. It was unreal, the speed at which he downed this milk. He just opened up his throat and just dumped it down in there. <laughs> this was right in the height of the gut milk campaign. So I, I'm almost curious if he was originally going to chug like tequila or, or like a Kool-Aid burst. And just like last second, they were like, eh, I know this looks like pale semen, but drink up your French dink. No, this was this was all big dairy from the start. Yeah, you think so? <laughs> 100%. This whole movie was written to sell milk. <laughs> it's actually just one large advertisement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so he heads out, and then we cut to a fat man and all of his goons entering their apartment or hotel room, maybe? Who knows? Uh, I don't know what this place is, but I want to be there. Yeah. Well, it's a place that they have apparently kind of fortified. He's got a bunch of security. They have drugs. He sends his goons off to do do something, says they need to be ready in a half hour, and then corrects it to an hour when he sees some prostitute looking woman in his room now is she supposed to be like a sex worker version of that homely girl with a pearl earring painting lady because let me tell you when i saw her face it instantly reminded me of that painting oh that's interesting because i didn't look at her face even once because i couldn't get over the haircut that she asked her hairdresser for was just called a muffin top (laughs) yeah you know what's weird when you mention that movie for some reason i automatically i mean not the painting not the movie i automatically think of scarlett johansson Hmm. and then her big luscious lips this (laughs) prostitute had the biggest lips i've ever seen (laughs) she did it's part of the line of work i guess but yeah i just (laughs) well yeah i mean you probably just most prostitutes have large lips i get it more on that later (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, moral of the story is her head looks like one of those little mushrooms you find in your yard if you haven't mowed it in a while. Leon is here. We we get introduced to a man named Tonto who has a gun to his head and radios up to the, the fat boss upstairs saying, like, this guy's here to see you. And then we hear a gunshot and presumably Tonto is dead. Presumably. Presumably. So boss boy at this point is rather startled and alerts all his goons that someone's coming up to ready themselves because this guy's serious you know this fatty probably would have stood a better chance if he wasn't being protected by early 90s michael bolton a dude with an earring and a bolo tie and a guy whose shirt looks like it was painted on with watercolors who are these jamokes (laughs) they're 90s goons ah these are like pure 90s goons the long curly haired short guy was the was the worst one (laughs) he might have been a leftover 80s goon He was one of the backup singers, actually. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They position themselves in front of the elevator. It opens, and they just immediately unload every bullet they have in their guns. Turns out it was Tonto. We don't know if he was dead prior to being in the elevator or if he these men, the first bullet grazed him and he just bled a little. And now he's dead because all of his friends shot him real bad. I'm, I'm pretty sure he was dead already. But the boys do go in to look into the elevator and they realize that the hatch on the top of the elevator is open. So whoever was in there is gone now. Uh oh. Yeah. Gunfire commences. Goons are dropping all over the place. One dude gets pulled over the railing and falls 20 stories. So if he's anything like Jasper, he's fine. <laughs> Another guy gets hung by a shoelace noose, it looks like. That was pretty good. Good news is, is he won't get blood on his snakeskin boots that he was wearing. <laughs> That's nice. But Chubb's starting to get pretty freaked out. He's, he's sweating more than Michael has in his whole life, which is saying something. And he's he's running around with an Uzi just excitedly. Between the sex and the murder gauntlet that this fat dude ran, I'm actually surprised he didn't die of a heart attack. Yeah. I mean, he probably did after, right? The, like, as soon as the scene ended, he died, he probably. 
<laughs> yeah. But yeah, so the remaining goons are ordered to go check the terrace because they hear something out there. And this roll up like blast shield drops and all of them just get totally murdered out there. Gunshots are coming in. So there's like rays of sun coming into this relatively dark room now. It was a pretty, it was a neat shot though with the light coming through the holes. Yeah. And then, and then as the light's coming through the holes and they like kind of zoom in on a hole and then like you see Leon's like sunglassed eye just kind of like <laughs> peering in there. For the most of the next five minutes, I would say that we're hearing gunshots, music that sounds an awful lot like the N64 GoldenEye music, mm -hmm. and this fat man just panting uncontrollably. <laughs> A lot of heavy breathing, yeah. Now, I did some research. That iconic noise that is in the GoldenEye soundtrack and is in this music, too, that sounds like a distant bell. Do you know how they made that sound? Can you play it? Gong. They shoot a cowbell. Got it in one. <laughs> hmm, I was going to say they hit a gong. So it kind of sounds a little bit like a gong. What they did was it was a tambourine that was pitched down like a crazy amount. All right. Fun fact. Thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate that. See, Michael never thanks me for uh, anything. You should see me at Thanksgiving. <laughs> so this fat man is kind of slowly backing into a corner and he tries to call 911 and it doesn't it doesn't go well no. they're like connecting him and as the cop is about to answer the 911 call leon kind of just like comes out of the shadows behind him knife to this fat man's throat and he quickly hangs up the phone i guess i don't understand why he hangs up the phone why don't you just like try to get it out real quick like hey get this guy has a knife to my throat by okay say you're a man in this situation <laughs> all right i'm a man <laughs> secondly so you've just started calling 911 you sell drugs so there are like plenty of drugs in here and this guy who you know is here to either try and kill you or to like, I don't know, scare you or whatever. It has a knife to your throat and the cop picks up the phone and you're not just going to quietly hang up like you would really like try and yell. Yeah, you, you've already called 911. That's instant death. Like, at least I could try and talk my way out of the other situation. But this one is like, I tell the cops that this dude's coming. Instant death. He already killed all your other guys, though. Clearly, he he has no pause he's just gonna kill you i don't know i guess the other logic is like i'm gonna die i might as well inconvenience this man a little bit <laughs> that's true that's right. a good point <sighs> maybe he won't fully kill me maybe i'll just be like hanging on to the last grips of life and now that the paramedics are on their way now i'll actually be saved okay but if you were that fat man like would you believe <laughs> that you would have any will to hang on to the last grips of life <laughs> doubt it oh i don't know <laughs> Anyway. But good thing he has a phone because Leon gives him a phone number to call. How he knew this guy was going to have a phone in his hand, who knows? But right at this moment when he starts to punch the numbers in, the girl who has her, her muffin haircut comes out of the bedroom and wanders into the, the room and is just like, I'll, I'll talk to you later. And then just leaves. It's very weird. Just a particularly awkward scene. It's very awkward. But he does end up getting a fat man here to uh, dial the phone number. It is Maurizio's number, and he talks to him for a second. He basically tells him, get out of town, or our mutual friend is going to have to kill you. And then Leon asks if he understands, and then disappears into the shadow once again this man turns around and is so startled at the fact that leon is gone already but it was like a few seconds and it was a very short hallway mm -hmm. but now it's just like regular old day leon takes the train home stops for some milk more milk this guy loves milk he heads to his apartment and as he is he passes very young natalie portman smoking a cigarette at the top of the stairs in the stairwell mm -hmm. he notices that she has a bruise on her right eye 
And it turns out that her dad is beating her. So that's cool. But she does ask him not to tell her dad about the cigarette because it'll make things worse. Uh-huh. So Leon's just like, all right, and turns to walk away. <laughs> like, not my problem. He's about to enter his apartment when a man walks out of Natalie's apartment or family's apartment. He's wearing a suit and he has a, a single goon with him. The goon is having a conversation with who we find out is Natalie's dad. The suit guy is just kind of standing there with headphones in, just jamming out to some music while this goon is having this convo. They think that Natalie's dad is cutting the dope that they've been giving him. Apparently, he's supposed to just hold it for a little bit, and then they come back and get it for it to cool off. Or not, I don't know, but <laughs> this dope's too hot. <laughs> but they do. They think that he's cutting it, and he's like, no, I'm not cutting it. And the goon's like, are you sure you're not cutting it? He's like, no, I'm definitely not cutting it. Speaking of, do you have you ever looked at like the different things that they use to cut cocaine? I yeah, but not thoroughly. Well, so I I was just get curious, like what would they put in there? Because sometimes apparently sometimes they just put it in there just as a filler so that they can like sell more cocaine without selling the pure stuff. Ajax. But also they put other one other stuff in there to like cause other weird shit. And ironically, one of them is laxatives, which I think is hilarious. Oh, laundry detergent. Just whatever. Ajax. It's fucking, mm-hmm. it's powder, it's white. No one will ever know the difference unless they're dead. Drano. Yeah, it's insane. It's typically not harmful in small doses, but it will like build up in your blood and will cause clots. So a lot of people that like end up ODing on cocaine and stuff, it actually might not have been because of the cocaine, but because of like a blood clot from the laundry detergent that was in there, cocaine. Amateurs. You ever had a Tide Pod? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to know. You got to know yeah. how to handle your Tide Pods. <laughs> One at a time. One single one at a time, once a week, so you can let your blood cleanse in between. So this goon is is threatening uh, Natalie Portman's dad, and he basically, his threat is like, don't don't make me disturb the suit guy over here. You're not going to be happy. He's listening to his music, and he really is into it, and he's got that disc man just humming. And if you make me interrupt him, it's not going to be great. He can sniff out lies. And I was like, oh, okay, well, he's just like good at reading people. And well, okay, fine. Well, he ends up actually disturbing this guy listening to music. But the man turns around and it is Gary Oldman. Uh-huh. And it was very exciting for me because I didn't look at the cast list before this. And Gary Oldman makes like such a good bad guy. But he does turn around and this caught me by surprise. He literally sniffed this man to try and sniff out the lies. Didn't see that coming, but okay. But turns out he believes him and tells him to figure out who did cut the dope. And then he leaves. How many times have I said it? If you're chubby and you wear bad sweaters, you shouldn't get involved in the drug game. It never ends well. You've said that at least once. It never ends well. And those loafers? What are those? (laughs) I I really regret not adding in some sniffing sound effects when you were talking about that. <laughs> there we go. Yes, I, I am a voice actor. Just to, uh, just to reiterate. <laughs> I mean, not just voice, also sound effects. <laughs> Already here, here's me knocking on a wall. Oh, oh man. pretty good. Huh? Crushed it. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. Incredible. Leon watched this whole thing from a hole in his door or something, and he sees Daddy abuse the daughter again. He walks up to her and like tells her, like, get in the house, do your homework. She's like, I already did. And he slaps her because she's an overachiever, which get it. So she's got like shoulder length hair and it's like kind of over her face. And he slaps her. <laughs> I think that Nate would have done a better job at the sound effects for this part because this this is like the slap heard around the world. It was so loud of a slap. And it's like 
He hit her on like the side of the head in the hair. There's no way it would have made that loud of a slap. It sounded like I like slapped my own ass. <laughs> it's in a stairwell. I could see it reverberating off of the. No, yeah. there's no. If you're going to hit somebody, do it in the stairwell. <laughs> but I've always said, I don't know. If you hit someone on something soft like hair, it's not going to make that same sound. If he slapped her across the face, then I would have been okay with it. Yeah. But this sound did not make sense for the situation. <sighs> Moral of the story, he's an asshole. Leon heads. He's like, okay, well, that's that. Then he turns away, wa- walks away, heads further into his apartment. He moves a plant on a table, and then um, that's the end. Yeah. We saw him move the plant, which we find out later is the third character in the whole show. It's crazy. Like, what, I thought nothing of it the first 15. Oh, it's a plant. But literally, that plant is important in the end. So, yeah. It's in, like, every scene in the end. We almost just missed it at the beginning. <laughs> it's true. We would have had no context for the plant. But uh, the last 15 minutes begins at 1 hour, 30 minutes, and 19 seconds. A ceiling sprinkler has just finished going off, and a dude with wild eyebrows and a ski mask says, Okay, now get this fucking asshole out of there. And I hadn't realized it, but ski masks in the 90s were absolute trash. This thing is pilly as hell. And I don't know if you guys noticed, but the mouth hole is vertical instead of horizontal. So it just looks like a gorilla's vagina. It's very off-putting. Very off-putting. Once again, talking about monkey genitalia, do you know what a gorilla's vagina looks like? I One can imagine. One can imagine. <laughs> it's... Just with context clues of how many other animal vaginas you've seen? Correct. <laughs> now, makes sense. Leon and Matilda, we learn that is Natalie Portman's character. They storm into a room and he's got the damn plant from the end of the first 15 minutes. Leon starts hurling furniture around the room. He's like me when my toddler is crying and I have to find his lost car. I just turn into the Hulk, just flipping over couches and shit. The police are setting up barricades outside. So it turns out that Leon is that asshole that they need to get out. Young Natalie Portman, I just realized here, looks just like Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things, it's uncanny, really. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, the, spe- like the, yeah, the short hair and everything. And when she was dirty. Straight up doppelgangers. Mm. Leon starts shooting holes in the wall around this exhaust fan thing. And the wall is made out of like paper mache. It looks like the inside of a pinata. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it was plaster. Yeah. So he takes an axe and starts chopping the wall up around the fan. And he makes a good-sized hole, and just sparks are flying from the internal wires. But then he packs up the plant and drops it in the hole, which we get a bird's-eye view, and this thing looks, like, stories high. (laughs) Like, the plant's, like, tumbling down, like, hitting walls and shit. How in the world does this pot not smash? No, it would have been in a million pieces. (laughs) And how in the world does Matilda in a couple minutes not smash? At least, like, a human has, like, the dexterity to climb down instead of the plant that just got hucked down (laughs) however many stories. (laughs) Wild. So he grabs Matilda and puts her in the hole and says his goodbyes. He wipes plaster in her eyes from the wall for good measure. Dick move. And he tells her that when they meet at Tony's after, everything will be great because she gave him a taste of happiness. I hope that's the only thing that she let him taste. And he wants to put roots down. I had a real hard time reading if this was a a sexual thing or like a father-daughter thing. Serious, serious question. Did they have a creepy sex predator relationship or was it strictly platonic? I really don't know. I honestly can't tell. I think it's important that you're making the guests, the listeners aware that it's a creepy ass vibe. It is. 
it's a creepy vibe and i even i actually saw an article that was like relatively recent like within the last few years that the director is kind of in some hot water this was apparently kind of based off of a true story and a relationship that he had with a young girl and now they think that it was pedophilic in nature perfect mm-hmm I kind of regret picking this movie. Hey. <laughs> hey, yeah. So speaking of, he eventually shoves her head down the hole like a whack-a-mole. I <laughs> still have no idea how we don't just hear her plummet to her death. And then he massages the plaster for a few moments. And it looks like he's just a toddler playing with German chocolate cake. And, and I hate it. I don't like any of it. But outside, the primate pussy face guy gives his dudes the thumbs up to fire literal rockets into the room. I'm so confused if these are police officers. Everything they're wearing and everything they have says police on it. And we later we see police cars outside and like people who look like police. But one, why are these guys wearing ski masks <laughs> with vagina holes for the mouth? I don't know. What, what police officer in their right mind would shoot a goddamn rocket into a room <laughs> where they know a small child is. <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> the only thing in this movie I understand is the plant. <laughs> it's so outrageous. You know what's even more wild, though, is the absurd up-nostril shot of Leon's face as he wails in slow motion. <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> I don't understand uh, it, but I, I love it. Uh, I really, truly love it. It's like something out of a cartoon. <laughs> it's like, it's so out of place, right? It's in place, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, it's so crazy that it just might work. It, it does, though. <laughs> it works for me. I, I just love it. So the rocket hits, and it just absolutely decimates the, the entire room. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah i would assume the whole floor is done right for. just like fuck everybody else in this hotel or whatever because this building is going down this is an apartment complex in new york city that just had like an rpg fired off in it <laughs> by police officers yeah or supposed police officers even gary oldman he calls up on the walkie he's like what the hell are you nimrods doing up there <laughs> what are you idiots doing leon off screen somehow manages to disguise himself as one of the swat team by putting on a gas mask so when they come in they think he's just a wounded one of them it's kind of a genius plan really this dude's legendary he was already pretty beat up so i'm assuming that like he had some boys that he'd already dispatched this apartment or whatever and either that or he just came prepared with the gear already he just had it all already he just knew this guy knows his shit <laughs> Like, don't call the professional for nothing. It's exactly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they start bringing him down all these sets of stairs past hundreds of those SWAT guys. So many dudes to get this one guy. Right. And ha half of them with the gas masks, half of them more of those horrible Harambe hoo-hahs on their face. And they get him down to ground level and the medic takes off his mask. They don't recognize him, which is weird. Like, I feel like they would know what this guy looks like that they're He's trying to kill. He's such a professional that they don't even know what he looks like. <laughs> they check his arms and stuff. And then he asks to put on the mask back on because he can breathe better with it. Smart, professional. But while he has the mask off for a few seconds, Stanfield, that's the name of Oldman's character, catches a glimpse of him and yells for everybody to leave. Now, he doesn't verbalize it. But we know that he wants to be the one to put the stinky Frenchman down. Now, we see Matilda somehow survived her skydive without a shoot. She climbed down pipes. 
She didn't just jump down five stories. I don't know. We don't see it. Do you remember the original Matrix when they do something quite similar? They're like sliding down the pipes. Yeah. Morphous. I don't know. <laughs> so they're like that cool. That's what I feel like happened. <laughs> yeah, baby. It's movie magic, okay? Mm. So she runs out of the boiler room onto street level, plant and all. And the shot of her running in the alley is artful, and I like it. There's, there's some cool shots in this movie. Now, Leon starts down some more stairs down this back alley type deal. He turns the corner and he's about 10 yards to sunlight where he can walk off and go meet Matilda. But Stansfield is hidden behind a wall. We see like a little sliver of him and he starts following behind him and he shoots him right in the back right before Leon reaches pay dirt. It's done super well, though. Like we don't technically see or hear the shot. Uh, We're essentially in audio list POV of Leon. And there's just like this quick flash of light and he falls to the ground. I, I actually really loved it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Now, it, it cuts back to Leon on the ground, just blood everywhere. Even his hair is matted in it. And with his dying breath, he hands Stansfield a metal ring and says, this is from Matilda. Stansfield opens up Leon's vest, sees he's loaded up with grenades, says, shit. And then just kablammy, an enormous explosion rocks through the vestibule. And both dudes are undoubtedly D-E-A-D dead. Who says kablammy? (laughs) If anything, it's kablammo, I think. Yeah, well, you know. And Eleven, uh, I mean, Matilda goes to see Tony. He looks like he's been beaten recently, kind of like Matilda at the beginning, and says that he will dole out Leon's money to Matilda monthly. She would rather, quote unquote, clean for him, which I don't think is literal or sexual. I think it means a killing. She's going to do a killing oh you think she she is saying that yeah she says i can clean oh i thought you just meant like actual clean no 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 david but he's like hell's a no you're a 12 year old meatballer he's, he's very <laughs> stereotypical fat old italian guy aka me in 20 years less than that yeah probably <laughs> so matilda leaves with a hundo a stuffed bunny and that goddamn chinese evergreen plant she takes a tram to the spencer school on roosevelt island there she tells the head lady or whatever that her parents died in a car accident. The lady tells her not to lie, so she says her parents were killed by the DEA. She left with the best hitman ever, and he died this morning. So we learned how her parents died, apparently, which is cool. The DEA killed them. Mm. Matilda walks outside and plants that crazy plant randomly in the middle of the lawn outside and says, I think we'll be okay here, Leon. You won't be, plant. Yeah, then we see the next day. It's already, like David said, it's already wilted and a rabbit ate half of it. (laughs) No, just kidding. Sting plays us out with Shape of My Heart as the camera pans to NYC at large. And that is how our last 15 minutes ends. And that is how our 15 minutes (laughs) has ended. (laughs) And that was Leon the Professional. Now, before we get into the amazing questions that Nate came up for us, I think it's time for a center commercial. Today's episode is brought to you by Pod Inbox. Now, you may have heard about Pod Inbox in our last episode, but if you skipped that for some stupid reason, you're missing out. Pod Inbox is a new site that podcasters like ourselves can use to receive and reply to audio messages from listeners like you. All you have to do is hit up our page. There's a button to record your audio. It's that easy. 
And if you really want to give us that milk money, you can even add a tip for a donation to support the show you know and love. Podinbox.com slash the center cut. Go check it out now. Well, unless you're driving or running really fast on a treadmill, maybe wait until later. But then check out podinbox.com slash the center cut. You've spent hours listening to our voices. Now it's your turn to make us listen to yours. And we'll respond. It'll be like your own personal podcast episode where we talk directly to you. Creepy? Maybe. But don't kid yourself. You'll love it. Again, that's podinbox.com slash the center cut. And fellow showrunners, go create your own page and join the club. Yeah, you definitely should. And if you are too scared to send us audio, then you can send us a message at thecentercutcast at gmail.com. Yes, if you trust your fingers more than you trust your mouth. You could also go ahead and hit us up on Facebook or Twitter, but most importantly, Instagram at the underscore center underscore cut. And if you want to show us your fingers or mouth, no, I, I got nothing. I love mouth shots. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> David, I am ready to beat you as always. Nate. Are you ready to ask us some questions? As always, isn't even close to accurate. <laughs> it's the furthest from the truth. I am so ready. Let us do this thing. Are your creative juices flowing? Are you feeling good? My juices are always flowing. My juices look like milk. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Good. Well, let's get it going from the beginning. Question one. What does Leon have as a pet? Matilda. Next. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think the obvious answer is that plant, which is a shitty pet. Like, isn't the whole point of a pet that they cuddle with you and give you the love that people around you won't give you because you're not actually a good person? I mean, here's the cool news, though, is that it's an immortal plant. Well, so it's true. No, if this dude cuddles a houseplant, he's got big problems. But I think I'm sticking with that as my answer. I think the answer is the plant. You know, it seems so obvious that that's what it is that it makes me think that nate has tried to trick us hmm. or is he just giving us a layup to start get some points on the board oh man it's just tricky this is less about the question and more about nate's character <laughs> i think oh, see no i'm gonna i'm gonna play smart play a little defense here i originally wrote plant and i'm gonna stick with plant because if it is plant and i said something outlandish then i'm gonna be really mad that michael got a point for something that i knew was the right answer well you're both incorrect damn it now well here's the thing so i'm not gonna spoil more of the movie yet until we go further into it but i will let you know there is a scene not too far from the 15 minutes ending where he introduces someone to a little pet piggy of his but it's not a real pig. It's like an oven mitt. And he goes, ah. it's a really awkward scene of him trying to be like sweet. So definitely a sexual relationship then. For sure. <laughs> 100% after that. So I thought it was ridiculous to have a plant as a pet, but turns yes, out it's an oven mitt. <laughs> name is Piggy. All right. Okay. Zero to zero. Didn't see Leon that side of Leon on either yep. side of the 15 minutes. <laughs> nope. Okay. Not a professional in the middle. This is your fault for picking the first and last 15 minutes only. So this would have been a lot easier to answer this question <laughs> if we could watch the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. And if you fucked those up, it'd be real weird and awkward. Yeah. So Leon is a hitman. Obviously, he's a professional. He's got good reflexes. He's, you've seen him in a house with rockets and he survives. He's got to stay in shape. Mm. So very specific to his exercise regimen. Where does Leon do sit-ups? I think Leon does sit-ups hanging from the ceiling like agent cooper from twin peaks mm. not, a, not a horrible answer not at all 
I went with the bathroom and specifically in the bathtub as it's filled up with water. Now, A, the water adds resistance to make it harder. And B, he also then has to contend with not breathing while underwater. And I bet that we see it pay off in the movie at some point (laughs) while he's being strangled underwater by some dude at the edge of a pond or something. And he's able to fight it and be victorious. So everyone collectively watching is like, oh, that's that tub shit. We get it now. He was preparing. I love when I hear your answer and I know immediately that is fundamentally incorrect. (laughs) Why? Like it's my favorite thing. Why? Why is that wrong? So water, uh, like water would create resistance if you were trying to move quickly. But with sit-ups, it's actually the gravity of pulling your body down that makes it hard to pull your body up. And if you're in water, then you have buoyancy (laughs) and it's actually easier to do a sit-up in water. But if you're trying to like run, then yes, running in water is harder. Well, but a sit up would be easier in water. And think about the fucking mess of water he would make in his goddamn bathroom trying to do sit ups in the bathtub. <laughs> well, he collects it on the side to feed to his plant. I don't know. I just as a man who does very little sit ups, I was going based off of- obvious. <laughs> it's obvious. It, it, it becomes blatantly clear. <laughs> OK, well, let's hear the answer. Well, uh, it's not exciting, but it's it's kind of strange. He um, you know, those like uh strapping things people put on their car with like ratchets it's like a rope you just like Mm -hmm. crank it and it tightens he does that to his legs and puts himself on the bed straps himself to a bed to do (laughs) sit-ups that's that's really weird Yeah, they're real intense like this is getting does he do this while matilda is in the room because this is getting really pedophilic and he still has the he still has the pig mitt on his hand while he's doing (laughs) there may be a scene while they do them together (laughs) yes a lot of grunting (laughs) i'm talking about (laughs) sit-ups jesus yeah. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, wow. So the resistance is just the fact that he has strapped his shoulders to the bed and is like, oh, no, no, he strapped his legs to the bed. That's the thing. It's- <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Is the whole the idea of that like he doesn't have a friend to hold his feet down? <laughs> so like he had to invent some weird thing. It just sold how lonely he is. <laughs> but I feel like it'd be easier on a bed. You could like use the mattress to kind of like bounce up a little bit. Uh, well, there's an understanding of physics that almost seems a little bit accurate. Yeah, yeah. That does make sense. So he's, he's cheating. Yeah, I mean, more or less, he's being able to... Actually, no, he's working smarter, not harder is what he's doing. But like 90% of the exercise that you get from a sit-up is just ass pain. And he just completely avoided that. It's like he's not doing anything. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a really good joke in there somewhere that I feel is wildly inappropriate. But also, how strange is it that he's uh, Italian, but then you referred to him as the stinky French man? I thought he was French. He's Italian. He's Leon. They speak he's in Italian, Italian together. His name is yeah. Leon, and it's... I hmm, I really thought it was French this whole time, but I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure he's Italian. I'm pretty sure he's French. I'm googling it, bitch. He's an Italian hitman. Wow, that blows my mind. He's a French actor in a French movie. How am I supposed to think he's Italian? Anyway, all right, go on. Can I give you some fun background info since I watched the extended before I watched the regular and did this? Ooh, there's a scene where he talks about how he winds up being a, a hitman. Somebody killed the love of his life when he was 19 living in Italy. So he then murdered that person and then fled to the United States and became a hitman Mm. and never emotionally matured beyond that age. (laughs) Very true. Seriously, like that's a thing that he talks about. Makes sense. So now we got the covered. So maybe it's not quite as weird if he's in a sexual relationship with a 12 year old. I think that's what they're trying to hint at, but it's still pretty fucking weird. It's still pretty fucked up, but like it's still very illegal. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. every sense of everything mm-hmm. but like maybe trying to like make a a general case for it yep i'll edit that out 
<laughs> what are you gonna edit out? You're making a case for a pedophile. <laughs> no, I'm saying that the movie was trying to mm. make a case for like it's not quite as bad as mm. it seems. It okay. sounds like I'm not making a case for it. Yeah, it's all it's all real weird. The whole thing. Now that I watch the movie and I I regret ever enjoying this movie. <laughs> Now that I've like been to a therapist for many years of my life, it's like this is a fucking weird one. Yep. No, oh, this is bad. This explains a lot. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, number three. This is really tying into the end of the movie, the last fifteen minutes of which you see people trying to get that motherfucker out of there with a rocket launcher. Incredible. Yeah. Why do they want to kill Leon? This was probably the most difficult question for me. Now, the only thing I can think of is that he killed Oldman's henchman from the first 15, who is originally talking with Matilda's dad. Now, I think that Oldman is responsible for killing both of her parents. So then Leon, in retaliation, tries to kill both of those dudes, but was first only successful with the other dude, not Oldman, obviously. But that actually makes me curious because you... Nate reference a sister in a later question was she killed too or just Matilda doesn't give a shit about her and now that sister is just homeless and hired on to that same prostitute agency as the girl with the pearl earring hoe I have many many questions here I think they want to kill Leon because he's protecting Matilda I think that Oldman and this whole crew of dudes think that Matilda stole from him more on that later Mm, okay so they killed her entire family. And the sister? Oh, yeah. Like the mother, the oh, fa- wow. well, stepmother, Brutal. father, the sister. She's got a brother as well. And there's a point where Matilda, she's like getting all happy from hanging out with Leon. She's like, I can kill somebody. So she goes and is going to try to kill Oldman. But while she's doing that, unbeknownst to her, Leon goes and takes care of one of his henchmen who was involved in the whole killing mm-hmm. thing. And that's the whole thing about the whole goddamn movie is like they want to kill him for this, but they don't know who he is. They just happen to know that he worked for big uh, Gabagool soprano type guy. Tony. Uh, I think it was Tony, but I don't know. The more I look in this movie, the less it makes sense. So they want to kill him because he killed one of the henchmen. That's it. But that's why you take a whole army after somebody. It makes no sense. Uh, I mean, I don't care. I still got a point. <laughs> Yes, you yeah, you're correct. I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One nothing, Dave. Congratulations. All I care about is the points, baby. Doing great. Well, the next one's going to be real easy for both of you. Maybe, maybe a little meatball, as they call it. Is that what they call it in softball? Throw a little meatball. <laughs> but is it a meatball? I'm not a sports guy. You know, I'm doing my best here. It's a, oh my God. Now <laughs> I can't even think of it because you said meatball. It might be meatball. <laughs> Softball. No, it's not softball. It's <laughs> a thing. Is, so you're saying the answer to this question is meatball. No. I mean, he is Italian. Yeah, far from it. But yes, it is tied into the movie with the Italians. All right. What is Leon's favorite source of nutrients? <sighs> See, this seems so obvious as milk again. It seems like an obvious answer because it's all he, we always see him consume is milk. But also they were in like a macaroni restaurant and he's Italian. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tie both of them together and say cheese. Ooh, right, meet you in the middle. That's nice. Mm-hmm. So I was originally going under the pretense that he was French. So I went with freedom fries. And uh, just remember after 9-11 when there was this big push to call them that instead of French fries. Oh so stupid. No, I, I think the answer is clearly milk. He's got them strong, strong bones. And for the record, I made the switch to oat milk around last year or so, and it makes my belly happier. But oat milk is baller. But this is 1994, so he's an old-fashioned cow bladder guy, and the answer is milk. I mean, this movie was paid for by 
big dairy. So there's a lot I want to touch on with your responses just now. Uh, first of all, Michael, you're correct. Yeah. That's two points. I felt like I needed to strike. I threw you a meatball and you didn't catch it. <laughs> but I got to say, speaking on Freedom Fries, a couple of restaurants in Canada stopped serving poutine because people were getting mad because it sounded like poutine. Oh. Just point one of how bad the world is. And point two, oat milk. I was drinking that too. And then I found out it's really not even good for you. Better than dairy. It's not going to make you bloated yeah, and stuff. Okay. But yeah, there's just, it's all like oils and crap. It's not good for you. Look it up. It's horrible. So what do you drink then instead? I don't even know. I'm just at a loss. I'm having existential <laughs> crisis over the non, the dairy replacement in my life. Yeah. I mean, I mostly drink water, but when I have to mix something in my oatmeal, I use, I use oat milk. So anyway, maybe I'm doing it wrong. Redundant breakfast. I like it. Still better than real dairy. Mm. I've taken an opportunity during your conversation about milk to look up that you are correct. It is called called a meatball yes well done i'm disappointed in myself uh, so. nate has more points than you dave yep two to one to zero yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right i got another one coming for you question number five why was that prostitute with the mushroom head <laughs> so surprised to see leon in that awkward scene they just like stopped and stared at one another so this is a very interesting question because i thought absolutely nothing of it when it happened. I just assumed that she was surprised because there was a dude with a gun pointed at her cash cow purse gland. Do you like that? I don't think anybody has ever made a cash cow purse gland joke about uh, a prostitute's John before, but uh, I know all about them PP inner workings, my dude. I didn't understand any of that joke. Me neither. Cow purse gland is the thing inside your your no, genitals no, no. that makes your pre-cum. To, no. to, yes, it is. So, no, stop. So cut cash. all this out. I don't want. I don't want you to explain what it is. I want to see how many of our listeners fucking know what you're talking about because none of them do. It's her cash cow purse gland. So anyway, getting back to what I'm actually supposed to be answering, I have narrowed it down. I've narrowed it down to the three most logical answers. It's either a they've previously fucked, b he killed an abusive pimp of hers in the past, or c. She is his sister. <laughs> oh, whoa. that's a turn. That's a turn I was not expecting. And gun to my head, like that fat guy. I'm going to go with C, sister. He had a knife to his throat, not a gun to his head. Go. Whatever. We, well, we already know that Leon's type is a small brunette, so I don't think they previously <laughs> fucked. And <laughs> she didn't look thankful for a past kill, so I don't think it's B. So I think final answer, they're related. All right. Wow. Interesting. I think she was paid for by Leon to distract Fat Bastard. Wow, I didn't even think about that. That is the fourth logical answer. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> All right, well. That's a good answer, Dave. I've got uh, a follow-up question. What the hell would you do if the guy <laughs> came in and shot everybody around you? Slowly work my way out of there. Yeah, so that re that's the answer? <laughs> everybody just got killed around her. Of course she's surprised. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like the right thing to do. Damn that's it. the answer. Damn it. So there is no excuse as to why she's there, why nothing. No, but it's fun. We could write a fanfic about this together. We could, yeah. <laughs> so I think I get a half a point. There's a prequel where Leon pays for No. No, you don't. <laughs> I, at the beginning of my answer, I said <laughs> no. I assumed she was surprised because there was a dude uh, with a gun. Yeah, I was excited for you. And then you just went okay. downhill. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Downhill off of that weird semen joke. <laughs> you made. plummeted, yeah. pre -cum. <laughs> Two to one to nothing. You came to a screeching halt. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, all right. Another food question. Number six. What cereal is seen twice in the movie? And I do believe it is shown at one point in the scenes you watched. I think you're wrong on this, Dave. I'm in uh, Nate. Well, you can't even figure out my name. So. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> they both have A's. They're both one syllable with an A. In no, the I can't. Beginning. Don't come up with an excuse for everything <laughs> these days, huh? Can't just take ownership for his mistakes. What's your answer? <laughs> so I did some research because we have we've definitely noticed in a decent number of the movies that we watched that there is like real product placement. So I started thinking like what serials came out in the early 90s mm-hmm. that they could have been trying to potentially push. And my favorite serial is what I came to. And that is uh, that is Reese's Buffs. Interesting. I uh, I was on the same train as you, Dave, thinking of early 90s serials. I went with the now discontinued Sprinkle Spangles. Um, <laughs> it was those those star shaped things with a fuckload of sprinkles all over them. So they like ricocheted off your teeth when you ate them the early 90s. But uh, that is my answer. Sprinkle Spangles. I don't remember Sprinkle Spangles. That sounds like a mouthful <laughs> cereal. <laughs> That's probably why they're discontinued. <laughs> <laughs> I vaguely remember these growing up in the mid to late 90s, some commercials for these, but it was cornflakes. They had like, the rooster thing. Corn, oh, yeah, I know cornflakes. Yeah, it was yeah. cornflakes. Yeah, corn really? yeah. Wow. Cornflakes are still a thing. Yeah, she was eating them in her apartment when her before her family got killed, I believe. And uh, he had them in his apartment too. So it was like a, a nice nostalgia thing. It was very sweet. Interesting. All right. Well, we're wrong again. This is a, a, a growing theme here. Well, I'd like to give Dave a point because Reese's Puff cereal was delicious and I really enjoyed that as a kid. <laughs> You're allowed to do whatever you want. Ah, oh, this is great. I love this. This is just going to be a weird one to talk about. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, why do Leon and Matilda have such a strong connection? I'm actually feeling pretty confident with this one. Okay. I think it's because Leon's parents were also killed when he was young, which led him to his life of cleaning. And side note, I think his sister also ended up as a sex worker like Matilda's sister, although that's not true because Matilda's sister died. So scratch that last part. Interesting. My answer, I thought you were going to have the same answer as me, but you didn't. But it's very close. I think that Leon was also abused as a child. Mm. His experience to that helps her cope with what she had to deal with, and they grow a connection due to that. This would be such a woke movie if they discussed childhood trauma to each other in the early 90s. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Think about that. Uh, So, no, you're both wrong. It's pretty standard. I mean, like, shortly after that time where they're like, hey, man, did you cut the drugs? No. You better figure out by noon, whatever. They come back. Turns out he... Ooh, almost, almost ruined something. <laughs> so anyway, they kill the whole family, and she's coming back from getting groceries, and she just walks right past the open door to her apartment where the cops are there killing people. She walks up to Leon's door and just knocks and is crying with tears down her face. Please open the door. Please open the door. And he's just watching through the people like a creepy bastard. But anyway, eventually he does mm-hmm. open the door and like the light of God like type shines out that kind of scene. Mm. And he comes in and then he just becomes completely responsible for her. He's like a mentor to her. He's like a father. She kind of falls in love with him. It's a whole lot of shit to process for that poor bastard. But that's why they have such a strong connection. Okay. So he basically, so it's it's just that he saved her when she was at her lowest point. Yeah. And then- in doing so, became her father and her lover. Not so much physically, but got it. A whole lot going on there. Yeah, leg straps on the bed. All right, it is two to one. <laughs> leg to one. To the bed. <laughs> Number eight. This one um, may or may not be meatball category. Did Matilda's father cut the drugs? Yeah, so I definitely think he did. Which is surprising because part of me really wants to believe that Gary Oldman's lie sniffing magic is truly magic and he can actually (laughs) sniff out a lie but apparently he can't or he knew he was lying and didn't do anything about it until the next day because he wanted to come up with how he would solve the problem but yeah i think he did 
Um, and that's that. Okay. Yeah, I originally didn't think he did because Oldman didn't seem to think so, and he sniffed him real good, so he can't be wrong. But, I mean, ultimately, this is why you never deal drugs when you look like Super Mario. Based on the way that you almost spoiled it, I'm going to now say <laughs> that he did cut the drugs. Yes. <laughs> Bullshit. I could have caught up and you ruined it. <laughs> All right. You are both getting the points. Three to two to one. What cartoon does Matilda want to watch instead of her sister's stupid exercise show? I put far too much thought into this question. Now, the bulk of my logic was that it was something 1993 or before, based on when this came out. But I also thought about something that would also appeal to adults, because I think that's Matilda's whole shtick. Like, she's much older than her age would indicate, and she likes adult things. Now, I almost went with Ren and Stimpy, but I think that would be too on the nose. So I ended up going with Animaniacs, and specifically a segment with Pinky in the Brain. And surprisingly, she also has the same hair as Elmira, who started on Animaniacs in 93. That's that girl who's always like, I want to squeeze you and hug you and hold you as she like crushes an animal to death. Oh, yeah. I just think it all makes too much sense. Uh, but my answer is Animaniacs. Okay. Wow, that was a really drawn out answer. <laughs> so I went with the two on the nose one, Ren and Stimpy. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> we had the same thought process, though. Mm. So interesting that you would say that she's like an adult. I mean, she's very mature in a lot of sense, but she's also... They make it easy to forget that she's just a freaking kid, you know? She wanted to watch Transformers. Transformers. Yeah. Mm. It's funny that you say that because I've I've been thinking about it lately and <laughs> I, I can't wait to hear this transition <laughs> and how it pans out. Let me preface this by saying I fully understand that I am not the person to speak on behalf of trans individuals. Oh no. But no, <laughs> not where I was expecting. Wouldn't it be cooler if instead of calling their their hated past self their dead name that they referred to it as their transformer? Just a friendly unasked for suggestion. It's my transformer. All right. I, that's not as I thought that was going to go down a really wildly uh untouchable route. And you know what? That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. I know they didn't ask for my opinion, but <laughs> right out of left field, let me tell you. Wow. <laughs> I thought we were going to have to edit out a whole chunk yeah, of the show. But I, I managed to talk about it without being uh, rude or mean. Or, Good job. Or, You're yeah. growing. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. Anyway. I don't even know where to go on that segment. So. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Moving on. All right. Oh, are we already on the last one? Wow. We are. And it is three to two to one. It's a doozy. Why? Why? Oh, why? Does Matilda's little heart break twice over the course of the movie? So this feels like a meatball. It really? feels like her heart breaks once when her family's murdered. And then again, when Leon's murdered, two heartbreaks. Unless it's something dumb, like they changed the channel and she couldn't watch Transformers anymore. And now her heart is broken forever. And then I'm going to be real mad. No, not everything's a joke with me. Okay, not everything. <laughs> No, see, I'm I'm surprised you say that, David, because I think this is the I, this may actually be the toughest question because I agree with you. I think the easiest line of thinking is like obviously she has a broken heart when her parents die, and then when Leon dies. But we see Leon die. We see that happen, and there's nothing explicit there. She doesn't like say, "Oh, my heart's broken." I, I, unless I, I guess, unless she preemptively says something in the middle, like, "Oh, Leon, if you ever die, my heart will break a second time, and I just can't handle that." That seems silly to me. <sighs> I'm going to lean into the silly, though, and, and I'm going to say that she loses that stuffed bunny we see at the end, and she loses it twice. 
because why else would that bunny be there? I think she holds onto it as a memento of sorts of her life that she essentially was forced to leave with her dead parents. So two times in the middle of the movie, I think we see her lose it somewhere while she's learning to clean with Leon and she's heartbroken about it. I don't love it, but that's my answer. She loses her bunny twice. Okay. I didn't uh, even remember the bunny, so that's not part of it. Damn it. That that is not promising. (laughs) Dave's going to get at least half a point here. So when her family is killed, she doesn't give a shit about her father, her stepmother, her sister, but what she does really care about, there's a, a scene dedicated to it, Her four-year-old brother got shot. Like, it wasn't intentional. Like, her dad pulled a shotgun on the cops and uh, blasted. And then the guy in the other room just whips out the Uzi and goes, And in that, he happens to shoot the four-year-old. The cops in this show are so bad. you see the one with dreads? (laughs) No. It's a white guy with dreads, right? And I looked up it a little bit. He's a musician. He was a reggae musician. I don't know where he was from, but we should listen to one of his songs at some point. So anyway, the first point is when her little brother's killed because he was just an innocent, sweet little kid. She said he loved to cuddle. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like you saw it when he was shoving her down the hole in the wall. She's just sobbed. She loved Leon. You know, he was the only thing left in Mm -hmm. her life. And it was pretty apparent that he was not going to make it. So Dave's getting a half a point. Maybe one and a half because it was related to the family. You can't get more than one point at a question. That is impossible. I mean, he could do whatever he wants. He's the boss. No, you can't get more than a point. <laughs> I don't know what you're complaining about. If I get one and a half points, I would still lose. You're up by two. Three to one. Nate gave you a point for Reese's Puffs. Okay, I understand. So if I got one and a half points in this question, I would win. But if I Correct. get one point, then we tie. If you get half a point, like you actually should get because you didn't really get Why? the answer right. I said right. that when her family died. But she wasn't heartbroken about her family. She was only heartbroken about her brother. Or is her brother part of her family? Yes, but saying she's heartbroken about her family is factually incorrect. You know, actually, when I think about it, technically, her heart did break because her family died because her brother's family. So... It's a two-part question. It could be two points. It could be one point of the two. Uh, If you give him one point, it's tied. If you give him half a point, I win. I'm going to do one just to add some animosity to the situation. Perfect. (laughs) This is our second tie in a row. Uh, All right. Well, and this is only a tie because you got a point for a wrong answer of Reese's Puffs. So (laughs) really, in my heart, I know that I won, but we'll we'll take a tie. Yeah. We'll take a tie here. Okay. I feel good about that. In my heart, I know I won Nate's heart, so that's all that counts. Yeah. I like you. Yeah. Thanks. Well, that was fun, regardless of the fact that I didn't actually win. I tied. But Nate, we we truly want to thank you for being here and picking this movie. Now, I know we mentioned it at the top, but if people loved the sound of your voice or they Google you and see your chiseled white boy face and they want to see you wear golf shirts or be a fake groom, what should they do? Where should they go? Will you pay for new pants since you made them cream their old ones? Mm-hmm. You know, the hard-hitting questions. I don't currently have enough money to pay for anybody's pants. I'm buying my pants <laughs> off of Poshmark and none of them fit. <laughs> However, <laughs> if you want to find more information on me, I actually just made a website yesterday. So it's like in baby stages and it's not looking great. My bio's weak as hell. But NateHaskellVO.com. Spell it, baby. N-A-T-E-H-A-S-K-E-L-L-V-O.com. That's amazing. That is great timing for a new website, Nate. I know. I lucked out. Check it out. I just put my demo up there. That's awesome. Take a look at that. Are there pictures of you looking nice? There's one photo of me smiling. (laughs) (laughs) Just one photo on the entire website? Just one. Yep. He's wearing a jean jacket and just sitting on a white cube, as most models do. Yeah. I thought about doing like a spread, like a spread eagle type thing, but I I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Marketing's (laughs) never been my, you know, my forte, so. Oh, let me tell you. Spread eagle gets on every time. (laughs) Real quick aside. 
you said the spread eagle made me think of this story. Uh, I was on a road trip once and we, I forget where we were, but me and my wife, we saw a picture for a real estate agency and there was a sign for spread eagle real estate. So I had my <laughs> wife take a picture and text my dad, hey, do you want to see a spread eagle pic? <laughs> just to see my dad. Just... <laughs> Just to see my dad's reaction, he was like, uh, sure. I'm re- oh. I, your dad, uh, man. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> On that note, please, please go check out Nate. Nate is an amazing man. As you heard, he has a great voice, but he's also mm. much more handsome than, than Dave and I. And, mm-hmm. and for that, I'm jealous. But Nate, thank you, friend. <laughs> I promise to do better to keep in touch in the future. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be here. Well, that was certainly a fun time. Uh, Nate is just a joy. He is. And the only way to properly wrap up Leon the Professional for now is with Center Counts. Yeah, so I think I'm going to give this a five out of seven. It's kind of odd because it's bad. (laughs) Like, it's bad, but it's also good. It's so bad it's good, maybe? I don't know. I liked it, and I really want to go back and watch the middle to see how the hell we went from this dude who is a contract killer and just fucking crazy as shit, and then all of a sudden switches over to just being a dad. Yeah. I'm with you, Dave. I also gave this a five out of seven. Uh, It's very mid-90s. I I think that's the Mm -hmm. quote-unquote bad part about it. But the mid-90s, as we all know, that's the best era of everything ever. So I I think that (laughs) that's a point right there. And. Gary Oldman is an incredible villain. So good at being a bad guy. Oh my God, his character in The Fifth Element is just the best. And for being a random 90s action movie without a huge budget, some of the cinematography is interesting in a good way. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed the the way that we didn't really see Leon get shot, but instead had his perspective and fell to the ground. Like, I thought that was really neat. I've never, I don't know that I've ever really seen something like that before. That was cool. Exactly. And his accent was cool. Mm. Plus, he just looks so iconic. Like, I, I think if this movie was more popular, he would make for a cool Halloween costume if, if you're into dressing up on Halloween. Agreed with those cool, like dark round glasses. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. I, I could, I could give or take the Sting song at the end and the the goofy as fuck bodyguards at the beginning, but I'm not going to dock it too much for that. For being something I had never heard of before, I can understand why it's a cult film if you're into action flicks. I feel like action movies can be samey, but this just feels like it has something a little different. So I like yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. I may also go back and watch The Middle if I have time. Nice pick, Nate. Yeah. Now, Dave, that does end our coverage of Leon the Professional for now. Kind of. Yeah. What do we have coming up next? We are going to do a center chat next week where we're going to decide whether or not we would want to face one contract killer like Leon or 12 12 year olds girls girls of the 12 year old variety yes and that wasn't Dave stuttering or having a a speech problem it it is 12 12 year olds so multiple 12 year old girls and the multiple number is 12 it's a gross right is that 12 times 12 it's it's we're just we're fighting gross girls we're going to fight one dozen 12 year old girls yes (laughs) (laughs) and what do we have after that Then after that, we are covering on March 30th, we are going to cover Singing in the Rain with Alice and Doug have a podcast and it's going terribly. We're going to have Alice and Doug on. We are. And it is coming out the day before April Fool. So you know that we're going to have some of our normal April foolery. Yes, there's going to be many hijinks. Hijinks? Hijinks. I'm pretty sure that's the plural. Is it really? No, I don't know. (laughs) It should be if it's not. (laughs) 
there will be many hijanks <laughs> and it's going to be great. Yes, it will. Make sure you check the show notes for Nate's stuff. Yeah, go check out his website, NateHaskellVO.com. His slogan is the voice for your voice, which is just great. So go do it. <laughs> That's it for now. Like the laxatives in between all my cocaine crystals, it's always better in the center. Mm-hmm.